Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari Glory. It's coming back. Hey guys, welcome back to the 8th edition of the In The Stand Show and today we are going to look at the World Cup and the AFL Draft but we also have two special interviews, one with Bobby Badram who is set to climb Mount Everest in a matter of years and Casey Dumont who is Melbourne Victory's women's goalkeeper. So stay tuned to listen to them but before the interviews, let's have a look at the World Cup. To kick us off, Australia, the Socceroos have qualified for the round of 16. This is the first time we've done this in 16 years and it's a brilliant achievement for Graham Arnold's side. The Socceroos kicked off their campaign facing the reigning world champions, France, after Craig Goodman of Adelaide United struck struck through a, go- a stellar goal. It came slowly crumbling down, seeing us lose 4-1. But to bounce back, the Aussies faced the Tunisian side, which the rest of the world gave us a bit, bit of a better chance in than the France game. We came in dominant and gave the Tunisians a tough game. But before halftime, striker Mitch Duke put away a lovely header, giving us the 1-0 league and eventually the win. This game saw a great performance by big centre-back Harry Suter, who is looking to have a great career in front of him after this World Cup performance. And he's done this before in in the Olympics as well. He's a great big centre-back. He's playing at Stoke at the moment in the championship and he can definitely progress into that Premier League soon. He's looking great. Now, the Aussies had to face a tough Denmark side who were coming off a brilliant Euros as the Dark Horses and they reached the semi-finals. We came into this game as huge underdogs and we needed a win or draw and we were relying on France to beat Tunisia. Obviously, France lost to Tunisia, so was going to be they needed the win and it was going to be tough they were a really good side and after uh, 45 minutes it was a 50-50 game and heading into the 60th minute winger Matthew Leckie of Melbourne City took on a couple Danish defenders and slotted one into the bottom corner after this goal Australia looked to defend and settle for that 1-0 win but this was tough doing so again Harry Sutan and Matty Ryan uh, had to defend and um, they look like the saviours and they definitely got Australia over the line, but this uh, this winner got us over the line and sent us to the knockout stages against an extremely tough Argentinian side. So we we again come into this game as huge underdogs. We aren't backed at all, and it's fair enough as Argentina are a world-class side. Hopefully, the support from the stadium and back home gives that gives us that inch of a chance. I'll be at Fed Square tomorrow morning for the game and it looks like it's going to be nuts like the prior games and we've 
and it's going to be great. And hopefully most of Melbourne get down and go support the Socceroos. And even if you're not a big soccer fan, get down. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed enough to go watch the A-League because the A-League's great. And hopefully it gets you more involved and the active support in the A-League. It's great. It's brilliant. And um, it's great for the sport and great for Australian football. So now let's have a look at some of the teams that have missed out in the knockout stages like Germany and Belgium. Germany lost an upset game against the Japanese and couldn't get the win against Spain and this hurt them and they are heading home. Another big nation heading home is Belgium who didn't look as good as they used to look in World Cups. Last World Cup they reached uh, the semi-finals and got knocked out by France and won the third place uh, playoff. Um, they also made the quarterfinals of the Euros last year against Italy and uh, Italy pretty much dominated them there. And I think they've missed out on their chance of winning an international trophy. They had the talent. you got Romelu Lukaku, De Bruyne, so many good players. you got Hazard, the Hazard brothers. They're really good players and I think they've missed out on their chance now, now that it's done. Uh, they're looking with a new manager. They've got rid of their manager Martinez and they're going to have to look at a rebuild and look at young players as they've got an old defence and I think it's time for them to look at new players. Now we're going to have a look at the AFL draft and have a look at the top five picks of this year's draft. With the first pick of the of the draft, the GWS Giants have traded through their way to get to that first pick of the draft and they've picked up Aaron Cadman from the Greater Western Rebels in the NAB League and Victoria Country. Cadman transitioned from a winger to a key forward during his draft year, leading the NAB League goal-kicking and earning an All-Australian selection at the National Championships. He's been likened to former GWS goal-kicker Jeremy Cameron, who has mentored him, and he's also been likened to Carlton's Coleman medalist. Charlie Kerner. So looks to be really good for GWS as they start their rebuild and uh, that tall forward and that forward position, that's what they need. To kick. They need to kick goals and it's going to be tough for them to start. But but to have that uh, dominance in the forward, it will be great for them as they start the rebuild and hopefully we'll see them maybe scrape off the bottom of the ladder, which they're projected to go on. The second pick of the draft the Lions have picked up Will Ashcroft from the Sandy Dragons and Vic Metro. Brisbane were always committed to drafting drafting Ashcroft. He's a son of club great Marcus Ashcroft. Ashcroft, Ashcroft has featured in some VFL games, racking up 30-plus disposals at, at the senior level. He looks like to be a great talent, and it's, and it's one that can definitely help a stacked Lions midfield even better. They've got the likes of Josh Dunk. They're brought in the likes of Josh Dunkley. Him as well. It's going to look great. And you can see them progress in the years and that's something that they're going to need. And it's something that can probably get them to that grand final. And um, they've got a real good side and which is interesting to see how they go. With the third pick in the draft, North have picked up young forward Harry Sheasel from the Sandy Dragons again and Vic Metro. North Melbourne had two high-end selections and took Victorian Harry Sheasel, one of them. He's a great forward who is magnetic with the ball and has a brilliant kick on him. So this pickup will be brilliant for North and should be a and he should be a fabulous player in the future. The fourth pick in the AFL draft was George Wardlow, drafted by North in their fourth pick. He's a crafty midfielder from the Oakley Chargers and 
Vic Metro, and he looks to add to North's midfield and make them more significant. And it's a great pickup for them as they need this. Their midfield is always shaky in the in the uh, third and fourth quarter of every game last year. You could see the first and second quarter, they came out with a bang and, you know, they'd, they'd do their best and they'd get the ball in the 50 and they'd win clearances, but it looked like they they always backed off in the third and fourth quarter and one that cost them games. You saw this in the Collingwood game where they led the whole uh, whole first half and um, last quarter they backed off and let uh, Jordan Degoe run all over them. So... Um, It'll be great for North to pick up a player like George Wardlow. He's crafty and he's one that helped Oakley and Vic Metro this year. With the fifth pick in the draft, Essendon have selected Elijah Sutters from the Oakley Chargers and Vic Metro. The 18-year-old is the first Bombers player to be born since the club has won an AFL final in 2004. He's another brilliant player uh, who's uh, going to be under newly appointed coach Brad Scott. So, It'll be interesting to see how he goes and how he fits in the, into that team. Um, they've brought in the likes of Sam Wiedemann, a couple others. They've got rid of Aaron Francis, who uh, is a key, key role player for them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes. And uh, we'll see. it'll be interesting to see how Essendon go, goes at, in a total. Um, they're not the, they had a pretty poor year this year and they lost easy wins and they'd uh, choked a couple games. So bringing in a player like Elijah Satis could definitely help them uh, in the long run. That wraps up the World Cup news and the draft news. After the break, you will hear my inter- interview with Bobby Badram, who is set to climb Mount Everest. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. I'll catch you after the break. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street. For a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8, that Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Carum, local community radio. Guys, welcome to the In The Stand show, and today we have a special interview. We are joined with Bobby Badram, and so Bobby, how are you going? Really, thank you for inviting me here, Alex. It's an absolute pleasure to be um, interviewed by you, and uh, I'm looking forward to the interview, mate. It's going to be fantastic. So, fire away, Alex. <laughs> so, bit of background information on Bobby. He's set to go climb Mount Everest, and he's doing this with MS. He's the he was the youngest person in Australia to be diagnosed with MS at the age of 13, and he's battled this to this day. So, let's get into some questions. So, Bobby. Why have you made this your mission to go climb the infamous Mount Everest? 
I've been on the biggest radio stations around the world. That's the best question I've been asked. So here we go. <laughs> right? I uh, I was diagnosed with MS at 13 years old, and uh, that that was in the Queen Victoria Hospital. It was years ago. It's not there anymore, but um, it was on the sixth floor in uh, the St Mary's ward. I got very sick. I got transported there. I was in a wheelchair. I was blind. I couldn't see. And uh, I said, one day I'm going to climb to the top of the world and see the blue sky. And uh, that's when my Everest dream came up. And, uh, you know, I just said, you know what? Mount Everest, tallest mountain in the world. I'm the youngest diagnosed person in the world with MS. And I thought, you know, one day I'm going to summit Mount Everest. And uh, and one of the other reasons is because it's there. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, it's just bloody there, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, so that, like, I, I spend uh, six months a year in a wheelchair and then the rest of the time I'm on my feet and I'm training. And, uh, like, at the moment I'm training with uh, a lot. I'm sponsored by the Richmond Football Club. I love all AFL clubs. It's just uh, they've been very good to me. And I train at uh, aligned uh, uh, leisure centres and I train in uh, Trees Adventure. I train in the mountains. I train at Bounce, you know, the Ninja Warrior courses. I tra- I'm just training. When I'm not sick, I'm training or I'm looking at my toupee and my facelift. So whichever I've got time time for. Okay, so when are you set off to go climbing? Yeah, first? yeah. Well, look, I've climbed four of the tallest mountains in the world already, and um, so I'm, I was due to climb Everest in 21 because COVID, yep. of course, and they shut everything down. So I'm now due to go to Everest in 2024 because my doctors need to sign my air tickets. Mm-hmm. Now they won't sign my 2023 air tickets because my medication ain't right, and I'm a flight risk. So they said 24, we'll sign it, and then you you give it a good crack at uh, 24. You know, my doctors have said don't, we don't really don't want you to go because you're going to die on Mount Everest, and um, and you know a couple of the mountains that I've nearly summited, I've nearly died. But you know what? If you don't have a go, you never know. And I don't think I don't think that I, I don't think I'm I'm going to die. Um, I'll give it my best crack. If look Mount Everest, if you get the bends and all that sort of stuff and cerebral edema. Where where you your blood fills with liquid and all that sort of stuff. I know I know everything. I'm going up with Andrew Locke, the number one um, high altitude mount climber in the world, who's actually done uh, Everest and K2 and and all the fourteen thousand meter peaks, uh, the fourteen eight thousand meter peaks in the world. So he's number one in the world. So I'm going with him. So look, you said Bobby, if you get sick, you know, with uh, uh, and Mount Everest, and you're not quite at the summit. I got to turn you around, and, and I'll turn around. I'm I'm not a yep. hero, I, you know. I'm not irresponsible, you know. I'll just turn around and go back down, and maybe try another time. But at least my life's been saved. Exactly. Yep. So over the years of preparing to head off and climb. Mount Everest. What do you think was one of your biggest challenges? Well, I mean, the thing is, I spend uh, six months uh, either in a wheelchair, walking six, or I can't get out of bed. Sometimes it's eight months. One of the biggest challenges is trying to fit in uh, my climbing and my training in between me getting sick. Now, one of the things is I don't know when I'm going to get sick. Yeah, I I got no idea, you know, so it's uh, it's one of those things where I look at it and, and when I'm good, I train. When I'm not good... I don't train because I can't train because I can't walk. Exactly. But, um, you know, uh, 
uh, it's the hardest thing is not knowing how I'm going to feel. Like sometimes uh, uh, my daughter will see me, she she will help me get out of bed and go to the toilet and I've got carers and so I'm good now but I'm not usually as good as this. So you're seeing me on a, on a great day and it's great to be talking to you um, and these sort of things really lift um, somebody's uh, somebody's positive energy so you know with Massimo who um, who uh, cuts my hair he's got the greatest um, hair salon called Hair Max in Mordialic in uh, Main Street there uh, he said look my son wants to interview someone famous I said well I'm not famous I'm super famous so he can't interview me <laughs> if he wants to interview someone super famous that that's okay but um, you know it's just a uh, a matter. I'm 55 now, so I'm going to be 57 when I summit Mount Everest. But here, here's one hot, hot off the press. Here's some breaking news for you. Um, I've been asked by the Commonwealth uh, Games by one of the ministers um, in sport to uh, compete in the Para Commonwealth Games in 2026. Oh. Yeah, uh, I just found that out, and um, so I'm going to be either competing in um, uh, powerlifting, uh, swimming, uh, Cycling, so I don't know which one they've got in. Be marked for me, but uh, with the Victorian Institute of Sport, I've been in contact with the CEO Anne Marie. Yep. So, uh, so I, I, I get Everest 2024. When I come down from Everest, um, I'm going to the Commonwealth Games in 2026. I have to qualify, do local comp, win yep. that, state comp, win that, then national comp, win that, then I get to the VIS. Uh, and this yeah. is how it works, you know. So Ian Thorpe wanted to um, come back, uh, make a comeback to the Olympic team. He had to qualify too. He won so, five gold medals. But if you don't qualify, goodbye. We don't yeah. we don't want you. Not even if you're as good looking as me. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, that, that, that's what the, that's what it is, you know. So I'm doing this for people with Australia and for people with disabilities and anybody that just wants to have a go. Yeah. And, and that that's why I'm doing this and uh, saying, you know what, um, at, at this point in time, I reckon at 59, I reckon I'll be, I'll be done because I'll be 59 years old. So I'm going to be the oldest world-class athlete in the world Jeez. ever. Yeah, so I'm going to be summiting Mount Everest, the first person with a disability in Australia yep. to summit Mount Everest. Then I'm going to be the... Uh, the first, with a disability. Then I'm going to be the oldest person with a disability in Australia to summit Mount Everest. The, I'm the youngest person ever diagnosed with uh, MS. And then I'm going to be the oldest athlete in the world to compete at a uh, para games. And uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not being um, cocky or too over the top. But I want to win gold for us, for Australia. And, and if I train a lot. And although I'm 59, I reckon I can give it a crack, and then uh, we'll be doing this interview in uh, in about three or four years' yep. time. But it'll probably be uh, you, you'll be a superstar. I don't know if you'll be talking to me then, Alex. But um, <laughs> but uh, that's that's what it is. It's just about me saying, have a go, have a crack, and you don't have to win. Do your best, yep. and you're a winner. That's my whole outlook on life. Exactly. 
Okay, so thank you for listening to the Instant Show. Oh, you can't cut me off now. Oh, no, it's just an ad break, just an ad break. Oh, don't do the ad break. <laughs> no, that's right. i get an ad break. <laughs> so thank you for listening to the Instant Show. I'll catch you after the break. Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune into my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Caram. Oi, 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 oi. IGA, it's shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour, and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karen and get down with the good vibes. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry about a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Welcome back to the Instant Show And we are still joined with Bobby And we'll continue some questions So over the years Bobby You've met some pretty famous people So which one was your favourite and why? Well I mean that's a that's a really good question I, I met uh, the wonderful Kathy Freeman Yeah um, I had lunch She actually bought me lunch um, uh, Kathy and her name She's Catherine But uh, lovely lady uh, Future world president of the world uh, Inspirational woman Winning the 2000 uh, gold medal At the 2000 Olympic Australian Olympics in Sydney yeah. You know So uh, we, we had a chat for about seven hours Less about five hours Which is two hours in Bobby speak but uh, lovely 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 woman like a really nice woman gave me an insight to where she came from gave me an insight who discovered her how hard she had to put in like it's not easy like people think oh Ronnie oh Kathy Freeman got mate got the gold medal to get that gold medal you've got to be so devoted yeah. it's like playing AFL footy you know 5 million people want to get drafted yeah. but only 644 people out of 5 million do yeah. and half of that make it exactly so it's very 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 hard to do so whatever industry you're in you've just got to give it a crack and it's fantastic you you interviewing me because I'm sure with hard work Alex you and your all your colleagues will, will be very successful in what you do so it's a pleasure to be talking to you mate it really really is yep but pay me later. I'll give you my account details <laughs> yeah. up there. Okay, so you said prior you've climbed a couple worldwide mountains. Yep. So which one was your favourite? Okay, I've climbed four of the tallest mountains in the world. I've climbed 
Mount Kalapatar twice. I've been to base camp. Have you heard of base camp? Yeah. I've yeah. been to base camp about 20 times. I train in Nepal because they're my sponsors. Yeah. I've climbed Island Peak, which is about 6,000 metres. I've climbed um, uh, Mirror Peak, which is 6,478 metres. And I've climbed Mount East Lobachet, which is 6,119 metres. So uh, I did what they call the triple. So it's base camp, Mount Kalapatar, Mount East Lobachet. I had to do that in uh, 18 days to qualify for Mount Everest, yep. and I did it in 18 days with a broken ankle. Oh, geez. yeah. So, so uh, I'm tough. I mean, the thing is, when you look at me, you'll see sweetness and good looks, but under this beautiful exterior is toughness. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, so I did it. You know, so um, that I, I remember that it was. It's called the triple. So it's a world record that that I broke. But, um, you know, all in all, I, t- I tell you the thing is, all in all, Alex, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. You can't take yourself too seriously. Otherwise, you'll, you'll, you, you won't, you, 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 you will not excel in what you choose to do. So you always got to have fun and a laugh because it's not that serious. Life yep. isn't really that serious. Respect your parents. Uh, respect people. Always... You know, my, my thing is treat people as you wish to be treated yep. and you'll have a good life, mate. Exactly. Very, very true. So just a final question. Do you have a message out that you want to tell everyone out listening? Yeah. what I tell you to, to, everybody, to the millions and millions of people listening, to those listening in England and America <laughs> and Paraguay and everyone at the World Cup who's tuning into here and uh, everyone in football land, uh, just try your best. Yeah. Just have a go. Uh, you don't have to win. Uh, you're a winner if you just have a crack. Yeah. You know, that's that's my my message. And uh, you, we can't finish now. We've got another two hours on air. Quick, do something. <laughs> Call the – cut the inter- interview short, please. Do something. I don't know what's going on, Alex. <laughs> But, uh, but, mate, no, uh, just have a crack. Have a go. Do your best. No matter what you are, black, yellow, white, uh, disability, have a disability, you haven't got a disability, just give it a crack. Yep. That's my message to the millions of people listening to this uh, telecast and broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bobby, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck in your journey. Well, you know what? When I summit Everest, I'm going to – we're going to stream this live. So you, I'm going to call you with my satellite phone yep. and I'm going to call you and then I'm, we're going to have a conversation about this trip. Exactly. All right? All right. So thank you for listening to The Indescent Show. Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam. Now we look at another interview where I interviewed Melbourne Victories women's goalkeeper Casey Dumont. So let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the In The Sand Show. Now we are joined with Melbourne Victories women's goalkeeper Casey Dumont. So Casey, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. 
So now let's kick it off with some questions. So Casey, last week the A-League women's season kicked off and victory played Western United and unfortunately we didn't get the win. So how do you think you played and how the team played? Uh, yeah, personally I think did, you know, I did the average league good job. Same with the team. Um, we played some really good football, but in the end we didn't put any in the net. So uh, we just got to make sure we work on that and be more crucial in the front third. Um, and then, yeah, really make sure we pick up those little sloppy moments of second balls after a free kick and make sure that we defend a lot better so we don't concede either. But, yeah, overall it was good. We just got a lot of learning to do from those little things and those little things is what made us lose the game. Okay. This Saturday the girls play in the grand final rematch against Sydney FC in the big blue derby. So do you reckon the girls will bounce back and get a win? Uh, we're all very excited. Um, this this game's always one of the best build-ups uh, of why we work so hard in preseason, and also anytime we versus Sydney, it's a really good hard match. Um, so we're going out to hopefully win. That's the plan. Yeah. But um, you never know. Never know on the day. But the, <laughs> the the main goal is obviously to walk away with three points and um, score some great goals and keep a clean sheet. But, yeah, we'll just wait on the day and whoever turns up better than the other team is going to walk away with all those points. Yeah, exactly. So how do you reckon the girls will finish this season? Do you reckon we can get back in that grand final and win it again? Yeah, I think we've got a really strong squad. Um, we've got probably three quarters from the squad from last season. Uh, we've got a lot of experience now because, like, most of the players that we do have have been in some sort of finals as well as they've been regular starters. So I think we have a good chance of being in the finals, 100%. Yeah. So you've played in it for a couple of A-League teams and you've had some outstanding achievements. So which one stands out the most as your favourite? There's Oh, God, there's so many seasons. <laughs> um, I think... Maybe the two top ones is the, my very first season, which was the very first season of back then. It was the W League um, with uh, it was Queensland Raw back then, so it was the very yeah. first, and we won the grand final. So that was a pretty good milestone to be part of that winning team and squad. As well as I was only a young sixteen year old then, so oh. I was right at the very beginning of my career. And I'd probably have to say last season as well as my second up there in the fact that it was great to come back from a major injury, have a great season, be part of an amazing squad and just learn to love football um, again and also just the simple things in life. So they're probably my top two in just in um, National League. But then, yeah, obviously there's some Australian stuff as well that's pretty up there with like Rio Olympics and 2011 World Cup. Yeah. Do you see yourself uh, playing for the Matildas next year and getting in that uh, Matildas squad in the World Cup in Australia? Um, as I said in another interview, I'm I'm not really like uh, it's not a yes or no answer. I, I'm more just focusing on the now. Uh, if if my football's good, I get a look where I need to get a look. What will be will be. Um, yeah. I've also had the experience of the Matildas before, so like. Obviously, representing your country is amazing no matter when you do it. So if I get the call-up, it's fantastic. If I don't get the call-up, you know, I'm enjoying my football and next year's going to be a great year for everyone no matter what, whether you're part of it or watching um, the fact that we have it here in Australia. It's just going to yeah. be massive, massive achievement for everyone. Yeah, it should be great. So thank you for joining us, Casey. I really appreciate it and I wish you the best of luck for, for the rest of the season. See you later.
No worries. Thanks for having me. Bye. Walsh has got it. Twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Hagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamar Glory. It's coming back.